Well, hello, I am Matt Williamson. This episode is brought to you by Live Casino, as always. And just some random notes to go through, all Steeler-related today, Super Bowl week hitting us here. Um, as you know probably by now, Brian Flores is the new defensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, quick reaction to that. First of all, in case you don't know, the Steelers will not get a draft pick in return for that move because he was not with the Steelers for more than one season. You got to put two years in with a team to yield a draft pick. So bummer on that one. I'm sure some of you were like, oh, well, at least you get a draft pick. Well, you don't. Um, Injuries and assistant coaches are like my least favorite thing to analyze in my job. And the reasoning is. I know that I don't know crap about medicine, injuries, things like that. I didn't go to law school. You know, I'm just reading off things like you guys are, (laughs) you know, like, is he questionable? I mean, what do I know about hamstrings and broken bones and dislocations and surgeries and whatnot? I can't even pretend to try. It used to make me crazy when I was with teams. Sometimes coaches would try to question the team doctors. I'm like, who do you think you are? You You didn't go to law school. But anyways, in a way, assistant coaches is similar because- Because I have been fortunate enough to be inside the walls of teams, that's when you realize who the good assistants are and who aren't and what they really bring to the table. Um, That being said, I'm certain Flores is a very good assistant coach and will be an excellent defensive coordinator um, for the Vikings, who had a terrible defense last year, terrible defense. I would assume they'll play a lot more man coverage as in the Steelers man coverage stuff bumped and blitz a lot. Steelers blitz package bumped up this year with Flores, partially because of the Watt injury. But this le- my conversation here isn't really what they're losing because I don't know exactly, but I know that they're losing a vastly overqualified linebacker coach who was greatly respected, super smart, good teacher, has that New England background, head coaching background. So I absolutely think he'll be missed. But I wonder, like, I don't think they planned on hiring Flores or somebody like him at this time last year. It just, he became available. He was sitting out there. And I think Tomlin and Mr. Rooney said, this guy will help us hire him. But I wonder, and we've talked about this on offense, would a senior assistant, you know, be at play? Or do you just hire a young linebackers coach who's an up-and-comer and start to groom him? Offensively, I think they're nuts if they don't set, add one more guy, someone who's been around the block, someone who's called plays, maybe even someone with a head coaching background or even an offensive coordinator background. I don't know that it's required on defense, but I will be interested to see who or what style of guy they add as a coach, hopefully on both sides of the ball, but we shall see. Um Dug up this little nugget is, I don't know if you guys know who Rick Goslin is, but he's a longtime writer, beat writer, but he does more than that. He branches out more than just his hometown city. And he has these special team ranks where he has this pretty in-depth, well, it's not that elaborate, formula for who the best, worst special teams units are. And he put it out to finish the season. And I know a lot of you are down on Danny Smith and the special teams as a whole, And in most of the rankings I've looked at, the Steelers at the bottom of the league this past year, deservedly so. I mean, I I often reference DVOA. They were 27th in special teams DVOA, missed too many kicks, you know, allowed some big returns. We know the problems. But what I found interesting was when I looked at Goslin's ranks, he has the Steelers 21st, 
which I'm not saying he's right and people are wrong. To me, they're one of the worst defense or special teams units in the league. What I didn't find, what I you know wasn't real interested in was, was where the Steelers ranked so much as when I looked at his ranks, what I found very alarming were the Super Bowl teams are 31st and 32nd. The Chiefs are 32 and the Eagles are 31. And that absolutely plays out with the Chiefs. They were horrendous on special teams this year. The Eagles had their problems as well. They both have decent kickers. They're both okay with the punters, but they ranked 32nd and 31st. So I'm not saying special teams don't matter, but the two worst units in the league on Sunday are matching up with each other on special teams. And, you know, Super Bowl preview note, maybe that's something to keep in mind is, wow, you know, somebody has a huge kickoff return or gets a punt blocked or something along those lines. But special teams aren't the reason the Steelers didn't make the playoffs is all I'm saying. You know, like you can go far in this world, in this league, even being questionable on teams. So those two nuggets. um, And then we're going to do something on the way back. I think is interesting too. So take a little break here. I'll be back in a moment. I apologize in advance because I forget which one of you asked me about this, but on NFL.com, Maurice Jones-Drew put out his top 75 running backs in the league. Um, And someone asked me, hey, do you think he got the Steelers right? So I looked at it this morning and wanted to kind of critique it. I'm going to start with Jalen Warren. He didn't even rank him in the top 75. Like... That lost some credibility for me. I know he's an undrafted rookie. I've been a national guy that didn't just concentrate on one team, and it's easy to overlook someone like that that's just not on your radar. But he played a lot, and he was a true number two in a 32-team league. You can't tell me he's not one of the best 60 backs on the planet. But he didn't make the top 75, so didn't love seeing that from a credibility standpoint. But I've seen Jones Drew on the air, and he's obviously was a great player. I mean, he's an authority on running backs. Fine. So what about Najee? Let's go buzz over the guys that are ahead of him on this list. Christian McCaffrey's one. Not going to fight him on that. Austin Eckler's two. I have no problem with that. After this, I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not going to rank, the, I'm not going to fight over who should be two, who should be three. But should should these guys be ahead of Najee or not, I guess is the conversation. McCaffrey should be. Eckler should be. Josh Jacobs at three, should be. Had a tremendous year. Uh, Derrick Henry at four. I don't think anyone's going to tell you that Harris is a better player than Henry, even at Henry's age. Nick Chubb at five. I'm just going to sidebar here. Should be higher. He's a better football player than Jacobs or Henry. He's probably the best runner in the league to me. Doesn't offer much as a receiver, but he's too low at five. He should be over Najee as well. Saquon Barkley, who is about to hit free agency, as is Josh Jacobs, is at six. He's also better than Harris, more explosive. He has some inconsistencies to his game that not everyone recognizes, but um, yeah, still better than Najee. Dalvin Cook at seven. Looks like an easy one that, boy, he's definitely better. He's had a tremendous career. I think he's a potential Hall of Famer. 
I thought he was pretty bad this year, though. I mean, I thought he looked noticeably slower, noticeably less explosive. Um, I understand his reputation, and I respect the player a great deal. But he's starting to look like uh, Zeke Elliott from a year or two ago, where it's like things are going to catch up with you, and you're not young. It's a sixth year. So I'm not sure on that one. Um, Aaron Jones comes in at eight. Not a workhorse like Najee, but I think Aaron Jones is a tremendous football player. I think he's much more explosive, much better receiver. I'll take Aaron Jones all day as my lead back. I think he's a great one. Ramondre Stevenson at nine. This one's interesting because him and Najee were in the same draft class. And I'm not trying to make waves, but I'll take Ramondre. I think he's a tremendous young player that has better feet, better lateral agility, um, equal receiver, which both are in the plus columns there. But I'm a big, big Ramondre Stevenson fan. Miles Sanders, he's playing on Sunday. He's very talented. Woodland Hills guy, Penn State guy. I think I would rather have Najee. Like, I'm just picturing what Harris would have done on that Eagles offense with the best O-line in the league. There's been a lot of inconsistencies over Sanders' career. Uh, he, too, is a free agent. The free agent running backs this year are ridiculous. Um, but I would take Najee over Miles Sanders. Travis Etienne is at 11. That's a tough one because there isn't much of a body of work there. Um he ran for over a thousand yards, unbelievably explosive, but he has to be a timeshare guy. That one's more of what are you looking for? Like, I don't think Tomlin would trade Najee for Travis ATN, but if every GM were drafting from a blank slate, ATN could absolutely get picked over Najee, but you better have some kind of hammer with him. You know, he's not going to touch the ball or be on the field as much. Tony Pollard is at 12. People probably are going, come on, Tony Pollard over Najee Harris. Pollard's also a free agent, and I bet you're going to get blown away with what he makes. He doesn't have a lot of wear and tear on his body. Super explosive, outstanding receiver, super efficient. I think Pollard's a better player than Najee and isn't crazy to have him at 12. And I might have him over a couple of the guys we mentioned. So I don't have a problem with that. Alvin Kamara at 13. I had a lot of problems with how the Saints used him. Sean Payton used him much better. He would always catch 80 balls a year. This year he caught 57. He's the same age as Dalvin Cook. I don't think he's declined as much as Cook this past year, but I think he's starting to get in that conversation where I don't think I would take Kamara over Najee at this point. That's a tough one. Cook and Kamara versus Najee, to me, is not easy. And Harris is next. He's at 14. And what he said here was, while rookie quarterback Kenny Pickett acclimated to the NFL game, Harris was a steady presence. He was the steady presence that Mike Tomlin's group needed. The second-year running back has recorded 1,000-plus rushing yards in each of his first two seasons. Um, okay, I mean, that's not going out on a limb or saying anything too extravagant there. 1,000 yards if you play 16, seven game, 16 or 17 games and you're a lead back isn't that great of an accomplishment. But, hey, you know, you rack together 1,000-yard seasons. It's something I'm not cutting on Najee, but the fact that he barely got over 1,000 yards, 1,034 yards, isn't a massive accomplishment to me when you average 3.8 yards per carry. 
Uh, I want to buzz through a couple guys that are behind him. Kenneth Walker, the rookie. Uh, Seattle called me right now and said, we'll give you Kenneth Walker for Najee Harris. I would say yes. Uh, more explosive, less proven, less wear and tear on his body. I think he has a chance to be fifth on this list next year. Joe Mixon had a bad year. I don't think, I mean, off the field stuff aside, I'm not even going to go down that road. I would prefer to have Harris than Mixon. Tyler Algier at 17 and Jamal Williams at 18 aren't close to me. They're both too high. Damian Pierce at 19, no. Ezekiel Elliott at 20, that's too high for me. Deontay Foreman at 21, no. J.K. Dobbins, for his sake, I hope he ranks higher than this, but no. Brees Hall at 23, I would absolutely take over Harris. I can understand why you'd have him at 23 because we didn't get to see much of him and he's a rookie. But again, if the Jets call me, Brees Hall for Najee, would you do it? Yes. Now, I'm going to skip one guy here and just go to the top 25. Isaiah Pacheco is 25. No. Good story. Fine. But what makes me crazy, and again, makes me wonder about the credibility of this article, is MJD has Jonathan Taylor at 24. (laughs) He should be two. (laughs) I mean, I don't blame him at all for only rushing for 861 yards. He did did average 4.5 yards per carry. He looks fine. There's no running room. They had maybe the worst quarterback situation in the league last year in Indy, as well as head coaches getting fired and Taylor getting injured. I don't understand how you can have Jonathan Taylor as the 24th best running back in the league. He might be number one. (laughs) I mean, so, well, again, that doesn't mean this exercise isn't useful. But that's where I rank Harris against his contemporaries. What was he, 14? That's about right for me. I mean, there was a couple guys after him that I definitely would have ahead of him. There was a couple guys ahead of him that I would have behind him. So he's probably 12 to 14 neighborhood. Um, And you can live with that. Again, the lack of explosion, explosion, the lack of big playability is my biggest concern with the guy. But I also think his leadership and toughness and things like that has a lot of and stabilizing force has a lot of uh, uh, clout with a young quarterback, a young offense, the way that this team needs to play. So I thought that was a fun little thing to do. If you guys have more requests, shoot me up. I mean, we're always looking for content. Do a segment on basically anything you want. So take care.